Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. And welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again, both for our radio audience at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could be with us as well. We're excited to welcome author Marvin V. Blake to our program today to talk to him not only about his own love of writing, but also of history as well. He's gotten to be known for historical fiction. We'll talk to him about that, but also what's been like for him to talk about issues such as race as we're looking back in time, but also thinking about the world that we're living in today. If you guys are not staying connected with Marvin, of course, we'll let you guys know the best place to be able to find him. But Marvin, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to be with you. So Marvin, I want to begin by talking about this journey for you. What has it been like for you when it comes to looking at your journey as a storyteller? What has it been like for you to write stories that you've enjoyed, but also see other people enjoy them too? Well, um, it, actually, the, my writing has been in, inspired by my life. I will be, um, well, let's say I'm a senior citizen. I'm not going to go too much further than that. But um, my, as a black man growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, in the 19, 1940s, 50s, and 60s, I left uh, Baltimore uh, in the 1961. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, when I was grow- when I was in Baltimore growing up as a kid, I was in a in a a segregated environment. Uh, as I look back on it now, I think of it more as a instead of segregation as apartheid. It's similar to apartheid, mm. where they, you know, black and white. They're two different cultures and two all under the same umbrella as far as the um, the the government was concerned. But in reality, um, two different two different cultures and two different civilizations. Uh, that's why I'm, I trend more to think of those days as apartheid now as I'm an adult as opposed to a segregation. But um, what the novels that uh, I wrote are, are centered on the, um, on the United States during the mid-19th century, just before the Civil War, and during the Civil War and the the 20 years after the 20 year period following the Civil War up to from um, 1847 through 1887, and to be frank with you, most of the characters and the incidents in the uh, that I write about in my historical fiction genre are based on things that happened actually happened to me or happened to friends or I was told about by my mother and uh, my grandmother and my, um, my grandmother's grandmother. What, what she didn't, my grandmother's grandmother, <laughs> uh, I did not meet. However, it came down the history of um, what it was like to be a slave in, um, in, in, in Merlin. And in, at that time, the, the, um, my ancestors were in Salisbury, Maryland, large tobacco raising place. Um, and uh, also, my, from a personal, to get a little more um, contemporary, my my school, when I grew up in Baltimore, obviously it was in the segregated school system, public schools, and um, 
the curriculum in the public schools in my section of the of the uh, the universe, as it were, uh, were um, black schools, uh, all black schools, and um, uh, I never in my formative years uh, in school, the only thing I heard about the Civil War uh, taught to me in school was the Civil War and uh, Abraham Lincoln. Right. I, I, that was it. Uh, uh, well, I might be exaggerating a little bit. I did hear, of course, I think, about Ulysses S. Grant and Robert E. Lee, but that was about it. And the, the fact that slavery was um, the primary reason that the country was was split, divided, and went to civil war uh, was um, was really not addressed at all. Um, so, uh, and as I was growing up as a kid in a segregated community, um, I remember asking my mother, especially uh, because although we were segregated, we literally, we were very poor. Uh, my mother was a single parent, and there were eight of us. <clears throat> I'm sorry, ten. Uh, eight to start off. I was the eighth. That's why I said eight. But I have two two younger sisters, who if if, if they hear this, they will be annoyed. <laughs> that I said. <laughs> so, uh, in any event, um, well, we were poor, uh, right across the tracks. And I'm using tracks. I'm making air quotes now because it really wasn't tracks. It was a, a little highway. Uh, was a equally poor. Um, white community it was called um the the black community was called Hollabird and the white community was called O'Donnell Heights and literally that one little street separated the two and um i remember um that we would be we would hear racial slurs thrown at us from the the white kids on, on that side of, of of the divide and of course we would throw back um epithets uh, on our side, and I, and one of the things that really, um, really bugged me during those formative years before, um, before Brown versus the Board of Education, the the Supreme Court um, um, finding that really um, outlawed separate but equal uh, that so-called doctrine in schools was that um, I would constantly go to I would go to my mother and I would say. Why? 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 Why are these people? Why did these kids, the white kids over here, and the black kids over here? Why are we throwing stones at each other? And why are they calling us names? Things of that nature. And right. that was when I was a kid growing up during during school. Um, when I got to um, when I finished junior high school in the Baltimore City Public School Systems uh, in 1957. Uh, I was prepared. I really thought that I would be going to the all-segregated um, black high school in Baltimore. But unbeknownst to me, my mother and, and my my um, seventh grade English teacher had been uh, uh, conspiring. <laughs> and again, I'm putting up my air quotes. <laughs> uh, they wanted to send me the first in the family to an all-white school uh, because my mother and uh, – and my my teacher thought that of course that that was the better place to get a more a, a better ed- education in terms of the curriculum. Remember, we're still dealing with the Baltimore school system, um, right. even though it's three years after the um, 
the Brown versus Board of Education decision. So um, to cut to the chase, I, I well, I don't want to cut to the chase because I'd be here all day, but I better cut that up. Uh, after I got through um, high school, one thing that I found in high school, I will mention this. I went to an all-white high school. Well, it wasn't all-white. It was probably around 10% of the student population was black at the time that I went. And I enjoyed my time at, by the way, listen to the name of the school, it's Southern High. <laughs> I graduated from Southern High. Um, I actually enjoyed the students. The students, my my fellow students, white and black, the white students, they treated us great as far, generally speaking. The problems that we had were not with the students because we had to get off the bus, the transit bus, and walk two blocks up to the school. And I remember my first day walking up to school, uh, we were like walking through a gauntlet. And, and it was the, the the mothers of the white mothers Mothers. I won't. I was going to say mothers and fathers, but it was just mothers. I guess fathers were at work who were who were deriding us and calling us names, et cetera, et cetera. I say that to say that the racial that this racial situation racial situation that we have in the United States now is has really shown a pattern of generational change. Okay, why I really believe. And I am a firm believer in the United States. Uh, you know, you, you might say, well, are you black uh, or are you white? Well, my true color is uh, I'm red, white, and blue. I am so, I'm such a patriot. It's, it, it's shocking. But I'm a black American, of course. And um, so I, I stated that thing about the, my high school days to um, illustrate that I really see that and I, I made a distinction between the students, the white students, and their parents. The generational change there is was a it was a clue to me now, as I I'm a, a, obviously a senior citizen now, um, that um, change is 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 a generational thing. And you de- definitely I'm going to quote the words of of um, of, of Oscar Hammerstein II in his um, play the uh, South Pacific, um, he, he wrote a song, and the song was uh, You've Got to Be Carefully Taught, and it was about racial prejudice. No one, no one is born with innate uh, prejudices. Uh, those are things that have to be taught and put into us. So um, that's a lot to say about uh, uh, that's enough of my history, I guess, but I'm just basically that that was the, the impetus that motivated me to um to to write. I started writing in twenty in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. That's when I retired from um from the United States um veterans. Uh, I was um a senior administrative uh, officer with the Veterans Administration and I retired and I guess the motivation that really got me to 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 really sit down and explore uh, writing historical fiction was my wife. My wife, who for the first time when I retired, I was home every day, and I started to really get on her nerves. <laughs> and um, you know, I would say, "Linda, get me this. Linda, get me that," et cetera, et cetera. And um, she got she she said to me. Why don't you get up? You're driving me crazy. Why don't you go write that book you've been talking about for the past ten years? So I did, and um, that's that was the the impetus 
that um, that that motivated me to to write my first novel, which I entitled, by the way, which is entitled Why. And um, right. then uh, what after I wrote that that novel, uh, Why, which is basically uh, covers the uh, and. 1847, the antebellum time in the South, um, it, it was cast in Richmond, Virginia, and the the, the main characters of the book, um, one, uh, two white, uh, two girls, one's white, and one is black, and they share the same father, obviously different mothers. The the white girl is the the daughter of the plantation owner. This is in Richmond, Virginia, and it's set in Richmond, Virginia. And the black girl is the the uh, daughter of one of his black slaves, who um, that it, it was very common during that time for the um, the the members of the white society on the plantations, the male members, to um, to to have um, relationships. Uh, uh, Lack of a better word. Well, okay, uh, sexual relationships. Let's, let's put it that way, with the um, with the slave population for two th- two things. One reason is uh, lust, and they could because the slaves are property. And the second reason was economic because property equals money, and people who were who the products of their so-called dalliances. One of my characters, the wife of the um, the slave owner, uh, who um, she called the the her husband's frequent frequenting frequently um, going to the slave cabins. Uh, one of his uh, quote another air quote dalliances. Um, so um, that was in the relationship between the white girl. And the black girl, who, by the way, were born three days apart, um, unbeknownst to them, they were sisters. But according to the laws of, um, of in the South before uh, 1865, um, the the um, the white girl and the uh, black girl were merely owner, slave owner, and her property, the girl, but biologically. They were sisters, half sisters, right. if you will. So um, that's I'm not going to dwell on that, but that's the the the, the primary the, the 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 start of my trilogy. Um, so I I, I I want to stop you, Parvati, because I won't be able to get another question in here before we end. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask you um, about you mentioned, of course, your your wife prodding you about about. You know, writing is writing something you always knew you wanted to do even prior to retirement. Yes, as a matter of fact, um, uh, when I was in um, third grade, third grade, and I, wow, can you remember that? Wow, that's way back then. But when I was in third grade, I remember right. We had a, an assignment, and the assignment was um, to write a, a poem. Write write a poem about um, what you think. Uh, Africa was was really like, and I I wrote this poem and I'm not going to recite the poem. Okay, but I still remember the poem and I would think I was about eight years old, something like that. Anyway, my um I will recite the poem <laughs> because it's, it's, 
Uh, well, Mar- well Mar- Marvin, because of time, I'm, I'm not going to let you recite the poem. <laughs> but okay. but uh, because I, I, again, I, I want to make sure for, for our audience that are just coming in on the radio side, you're listening to Conversations Live. Marvin B. Blake is our guest. Uh, Marvin is a little long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> but but we are we're talking about his literary journey. But Marvin, I want our audience to know before we we end the radio segment how they can stay connected with you. Your books are available on Amazon, but how can they stay connected with you? Um, my website, my website, the address of my website is booksbymarvinblake.com, <laughs> and all of the contact information for myself and how to purchase the book and things about the books and uh, about my uh, a lot of the things that I'm leaving out in this um interview uh as as you said uh Cyrus I'm very long-winded a lot of the pieces will be filled in 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 the website in the about the author section okay all right. Well, Marvin, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by. We thank you, our radio audience, for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and it's going to make today amazing. Take care. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.